0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us. So be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study on the Holy Spirit. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: John chapter 14, how to live and walk In the spirit. And then I'm going to ask you to take your bookmarker or something and put it in Ephesians chapter five. Put your bookmarker in Ephesians chapter five. And we're going to go there today. So our text today will be in John chapter 14 and Ephesians Chapter 5. John Chapter 14. Ephesians chapter 5. Get your pen, get your pad. John Chapter 14. So I read a story. Let me have your attention if you will. I read a story about a ship that was. If you're listening to me, say amen. amen. Read a story about a ship that was in the ocean off of Brazil. And the ship was without water and the people on board the ship, those surrounded with salt water were dying of thirst. They saw another ship and they sent the message to the other ship by semaphore. I actually looked up the word and I can't ever pronounce it semaphore. And they said, do you have any water? We need water. And the other ship sent back a message and said, let down your buckets where you are. Well, they said, no, you don't understand. They sent another message and said, we need drinking water. They sent back the message again. Let down your buckets where you are. They let down their buckets and they came up with fresh water because they were at the mouth of the Amazon River. And that Amazon River of fresh water was flowing out into the ocean and bringing fresh water way out into the ocean where they were. So here they were. Listen to me. Thinking they were dying of thirst and surrounded by water to drink, but they failed to appropriate that which was all around them. I think you know where I'm going, and we'll come back to that thought in just a minute today. We begin our series on how to live and walk in the spirit, and I'd like to begin here. Walking in the spirit, walking in the spirit is key to success as a Christian. Now, I know that uh, there are many, many, quite honestly, denominations and people, and I might even say most Christians, don't really understand the relationship and the person of the Holy Spirit and how important. The Holy Spirit. Is anybody listening to me this morning and how important the Holy Spirit is to our life without the Holy Spirit moving and operating in our lives? We cannot live the Christian life. If two people know what I'm talking about, just wave at me. Just wave at me. Mm -hmm. You can't live the Christian life. Am I right about it? It's impossible to mature as a Christian without the spirit filled life. If you want to grow in holiness, if you want to grow in your walk in love, if you want to walk in freedom, if you want to walk with God, you got to learn to walk and trust and lean on the Holy Spirit. If your life seems powerless, check your connection with the Holy Spirit. It was, y'all remember Jay Vernon McGee? Man, I used to love Jay Vernon McGee. And Jay Vernon McGee, he gave a commencement address at the Dallas Theological Seminary, and he was then in his early 80s and near the end of a long life and a fruitful ministry. And Dr. McGee said if he were starting his ministry over, he would give much more attention to the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. He would preach on the spirit more frequently and attempt to lead people to depend on his power every day. That statement really resonated with me because I went back and looked over my sermons and over the, over the years, Grandma Betty, and I have taught five times a series of teachings. And if you've been with me for 20, 20-some 20 years, you know I've taught many times on the, the Holy Spirit. And, 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 and even this weekend, I was thinking to myself, I almost thought to myself, well, not again. You know what I mean? Not again. And then I read this statement by J. Vernon McGee and I thought to myself, yeah, again, Uh, we 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 can't learn enough and we can't hear enough. About the Holy Spirit. It's not a subject that you hear very often. Uh, I enjoy teaching in the beginning of the year because I think it does set uh, set our path and set our course for uh, for the year. Uh, there was a preacher by the name of Charles Haddon Spurgeon. I know you know who he is. We call him the Prince of Preachers, the greatest preacher of the 19th century. And he said the grand thing the church wants, the grand thing the church wants in this time is God's Holy Spirit. More than anything else, we need to rediscover the Holy Spirit and learn anew to depend on Him. So again, over and over throughout the years, I've done a series on the Holy Spirit and the Person of the Holy Spirit. And I think over the next several weeks, what we'll do differently here is I don't intend, and I'm just trying to set the set the course for us over the next couple of weeks. Um, I don't intend to approach the topic of the Holy Spirit from a theological standpoint. We've done that, as a matter of fact. If you download our app, I think the last time I thought it was Living in the Spirit. And uh, was that honey? Was that right? Yeah, Living in the Spirit. And um, so we we, we have talked about the Holy Spirit from a theological standpoint. And that is not my intention over the next uh, several weeks, uh, however many weeks the Lord leads us to be here. My intention is to put some feet to our faith. My intention is to be practical. How to live and walk in the spirit is very practical. So over the next several weeks, that's what we'll uh, seek to the mark that we'll seek to target, we'll seek to hit. And hopefully, prayerfully, by the end of our teaching, we'll be better Christians. Uh, I need to be a better Christian. We need better, better Christians and better servants. So for clarity. Let me start here. The Holy Spirit. Take your pen. Very important. Take your pen. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. Now, we do need to lay this foundation theologically. The Holy Spirit is a third person of the Godhead. We call that the Trinity. Uh, I think many people, when you bring up the word Trinity, people will try to um, to devalue or to 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 move away from the Trinity Uh, In the Bible, and they'll tell you, uh, has anybody ever told you this? The word Trinity is not even in the Bible because they don't believe in the Trinity. So they'll tell you the word Trinity is not even in the Bible. And I guess that's to, to support the fact that there is no Trinity. Well, let me tell you this. The word Bible is not in the Bible. Amen. But we have the Bible. The word rapture is not in the Bible, but the Bible clearly teaches that we as believers will be caught up and snatched away when the Lord comes at the trumpet when it sounds. So the word Trinity simply means that there is one God, but in this one God exists three persons. God, the father. Come on, y'all. God, the son and God, the Holy Spirit. They are distinct persons. The father is not Jesus. Jesus is not the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not the father. They are distinct and yet one. The Holy Spirit is a who and not a what. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit is a who and not a what. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is the third person of the Godhead. He is not a force and energy. Electricity is not a ghost. Unfortunately, the new King Jimmy or the King Jimmy actually says Holy Ghost. And that kind of gives people a different mentality. The Holy Ghost hes not a ghost. He's the Holy Spirit. And that's what Jesus called him. And the Holy Spirit is a person. Understanding the Holy Spirit is a person and not a force is important. Because if you don't have a correct understanding of the Holy Spirit, you'll have a problem understanding the scriptures, which can lead to a problem understanding your salvation, which can lead to misunderstanding of the role of the Holy Spirit and how he plays in your life. If you believe the Holy Spirit is a force or an energy, then you are likely to try and channel that force and get more of the force. May the force be with you. I couldn't resist. And you're less likely to be submitted to the father. Let me give you an outline that we're going to work from today, how to live and walk in the spirit. We're going to talk about number one, the Holy Spirit. Write this down. The Holy Spirit is given to all believers. The Holy Spirit is given to all believers. Number two, the Holy Spirit is given to all believers permanently. The Holy Spirit is given to all believers. You can take your phone and take a snap if you want. The Holy Spirit is given to all believers. Secondly, the Holy Spirit is given to all believers permanently. Third point in our outline, the Holy Spirit fills all believers continually, continually. Somebody say amen. Continually. The Holy Spirit, number four and finally we'll talk about, is given as a seal or a down payment On all believers, the Holy Spirit, number one, is given to all believers. Number two is given to all believers permanently. Number three, given to all, fills all believers continually. And then finally, the Holy Spirit is given as a seal or down payment on all believers. All right. That was probably one of my longest opening comments in all of my years. In John chapter 14, let's get to it, saints. In John chapter 14, and we're going to pick up in verse 15. John 14, in verse 15. If you're looking at verse 15, say, I'm looking at it. Some of y'all ain't looking. John 14, in verse 15. If you're looking at it, say, "Amen." Amen. If you love me, Jesus said, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father. And he will give you another helper that he may abide with you for a short period of time. What did say, saints? The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, the person him. But you know him, the Holy Spirit, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. And I will not leave you orphans I will come to you saying stop right there. Give me your attention. Look at me, please. In John chapter 14, the scene, I know you know, this is the upper room the night before the crucifixion. And Jesus has just washed the disciples feet. Jesus gave them a new covenant to love one another. And then that's earlier in the chapter. And then Jesus began to tell the disciples he was going away, but he would not leave them orphanos, orphans. He would not leave them orphans. And in John chapter 14 and verse 16, go ahead and look at it again. Jesus said, I'm leaving you. And when I go, I will ask the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Verse 16, the world. Look at verse 17. The world does not know him, but you know him for he is with you and will be in you. So in verse 16, Jesus says, John 14, 16, I'm going to send you. Are you all looking at verse 16? I'm going to give you another. Would you circle that word another in your Bibles? Another comforter. Now, if you've been around here at Calvary Chapel, you know this. Keep that pen handy. There are two Greek words for another. One is heteros, H-E-T-E-R-O-S, heteros, which means another of a different kind. And the other Greek word, there's only two for another, and the other Greek word is alos, A-L-L-O-S, alos, which means another of the same kind, class, and caliber, especially as it relates to divinity and personality. Two Greek words, heteros, another of of a different kind, and alos, another of the same kind. Now, for example, if I wear out my Bible, and I like to use this example because it's probably the easiest, clearest. If I wear out my Bible and I need another one, I would order a Bible identical to the one I wore out. I'd get a new King Jimmy. I would get a leather bound burgundy colored Bible. I would get another one just like it. That would be another of the same kind, alos. But if I went to the bookstore and I ordered an NIV, a nearly inspired version, (laughs) an NIV, that would be another, pardon me, that would be another of a different kind or heteros. Jesus is saying, I'm going to send you another helper. I'm sending you alos. I'm sending you another Of the same watch it of the same kind, class and caliber, especially as it relates to divinity and personality. If you're still with me, say amen. Now, this is comforting to the disciples. Keep in mind that Jesus has been with them for three and a half years and Jesus has prayed with them. He's helped them. He's healed them. He's laughed with them. He's got upset with them. Jesus loved them and showed them grace and taught them and provided for them. So Jesus is telling them that he's leaving. And when Jesus says, I'm leaving, this is pretty shocking to them. And that is why in John chapter 14, right about verse 1, Jesus tells them, don't let your hearts be troubled. He's telling them, do not let your hearts be troubled because their hearts were troubled because he was going to leave them. And Jesus is now telling them, Disciples, this is good news for them. He's telling them that as I was with you guys... And as I ministered to you and I prayed with you and I prayed for you and I helped you and I healed you and I showed you grace. All of the things, disciples, that I was to you. When I go to the father, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he's going to be all of those things that I was to you. He's going to be that to you. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down. I'm feeling a little better now. He's going to be what Jesus was to them physically. The Holy Spirit will be to them. He will be a helper of the same kind. Now, all believers in Jesus, listen to me close, receive the Holy Spirit by faith in Jesus. All believers, when you receive Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit. Don't you remember on the day of Pentecost? Peter is praying, or pardon me, he's preaching, and he said to the crowd in Acts chapter 2, verse 38 Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins, and you, are y'all looking at it, shall receive what? The gift of the Holy Spirit. Paul wrote to the Galatians in chapter 3, verse 2. This is this only I want to learn from you, Paul writes. Did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by the hearing of faith? You see, you receive the Holy Spirit when you place your faith in Jesus. You don't have to wait for it. You don't have to have time lapses. You don't have to pray to receive the Holy Spirit. You don't have to tarry and wait on the Holy Spirit. I was in Philadelphia last week and You guys ever go back to your hometown and you go like to your neighborhood that you were born and raised? And so I'm I'm at 120 North Millick Street in Philadelphia. And I remember I pulled down the street, I'm looking at the house right across the street from our home, our house, and you know Philly neighborhoods, the street is about as wide as this pulpit, okay? If you don't know how to drive, do not drive in Philadelphia. And right across the street, I remember as a kid and mom, you remember this as a kid, these uh, it was like a Pentecostal group. I don't remember who they were. I do remember that they all always wore black and white and they used to have service in their house. And when they had service, they got tambourines and they got music and they're singing and they're praying. And, and, and of course, you mean the house is like right over there, so I mean, you can really hear it. And I just remember talking to somebody from the house, and they said that they were tarrying for the Holy Spirit. I'll never forget that. You know, stuff sticks with you when you're a kid, you know what I mean? It just sticks in your mind. And they said they were tarrying for the Holy Spirit. And the word tarrying meaning waiting for the Holy Spirit. And They were, they got that from in the book of Acts as they were, Acts chapter 1, chapter 2, they were waiting in the upper room for the Holy Spirit. And then in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost. They said they were tarrying for the Holy Spirit. Listen, when you become a Christian, you don't have to tarry for the Holy Spirit anymore. The Holy Spirit has already been given. Oh, then I will wait while you clap your hands. I'll wait. So you don't have to tarry. You don't have to wait on the Holy Spirit as soon, listen to me, as soon as the words leave your mouth. Matter of fact, I might even say, because God knows your heart. So how about this? How about this? How about this? Even before the words leave your mouth, God knows your heart. And so when you pray and you believe by faith, we just talked about the scriptures and many, many more. The Holy Spirit comes to live and take up residence in your life. At that moment, no time lapse, no need to tarry, no need to wait. Immediately, you are now filled with the Holy Spirit and you have been born again. That is the definition of being born again. Point number two in our outline. Let's move forward. The Holy Spirit is given to believers permanently. Now, I want you to look again at John chapter 14 and verse 16. John 14, verse 16 tells us, look at the latter part, that he may abide with you forever. When the spirit of God takes residence in your heart as a believer, he comes to stay as long as life lasts here on earth. You never have to worry about the Holy Spirit coming and going. He has made permanent home in your life. You are forever. Are you listening to me? The temple of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God will never leave the child of God. Matthew 28. Lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Hebrews chapter 13, verse five, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Jesus said to his disciples that he will be with them forever. But he is also saying to each and every one of us today that he will never leave us as well. Let's talk quickly about the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Number one, I want you to write this down to indwell the purpose of the Holy Spirit to indwell. The Bible teaches that the moment of salvation, we talked about this. The Holy Spirit takes up residence in your life as a new believer. And many of the things I should say that we have been talking about as the Holy Spirit. Let that sink in for a second. As the Holy Spirit takes up residence in you. Try to wrap your mind around that. I can't wrap my mind. It's unexplainable. How do you explain it? But the Bible teaches it, right? It's unexplainable that the Holy Spirit takes up residence in your life. Jesus said in John seven thirty seven through 39. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Watch this. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So when we receive Jesus, the Holy Spirit is given to indwell to live within us. After the Holy Spirit comes to live within us, write this down. Then he invests so to indwell, and now he invests in us. In other words, that's when we are empowered to live a spirit-filled life, and without him, we can accomplish nothing. Philippians, say amen, say amen. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me to indwell, to invest, and then write this down, to instruct, the purpose of the Holy Spirit, to instruct, John chapter 14, can you go there with me in verse 26? John fourteen twenty six. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. It's the Holy Spirit who teaches us about the Bible. Don't you understand that Pastor Rodney teaches you nothing? I teach you nothing. I am not the teacher. No pastor is the teacher. No teacher, no physical human person can cause you to learn and understand and absorb and digest the word of God. Because these words in this book is spiritual. These words are spiritual. This is not like uh, John Clancy book.